I'm recording now. Welcome okay. to, this is the first episode of our Patreon Plus. Um, this is part two of The Land Beyond, our deep dive into the hollow earth Nazi, uh, <laughs> Nazi propulsion <laughs> secret UFO program uh, and everything yeah. else. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go some places. I think tonight. It's been a dark night of the soul. Yeah, there you go. For for me, Dave's been loving it, but me, it's been a dark night of the soul. Oh yeah. Um, we're joined again by our good friend Mike Bruno, who is taking yeah. this trip with us. Yeah, it's into a, it's Agartha. a long, windy trip. Yeah. Um. So yeah, thanks for. I guess if you're listening to this, you've joined the Patreon. So appreciate that. Yep, big thanks, um, and we hope to do some special stuff with that along the way. Um, definitely some QAs and engage our community and meet some of you guys and talk to you, some yeah. of you people, rather. Um, so I guess we can start a little bit where we left off with uh, some Antarctic uh, intrigue. <laughs> Maybe uh, revisit that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things, cause I know we were kind of all over the place last episode. Um, and you know, of course, like some of our dates and some of our science stuff is going to be off cause we're trying to cover the weirder aspects of this and whatnot. Um, but I do think yeah. it, it's super weird, like operation high jump. It happens, you know, 1946, 47, right after the end of world war two. Um, and, and it's, um, it's initiated by, um, what's his name for, uh, James Forrestal, who was the Naval commander and we'll get into his weird history. Uh Um, so he, he basically sends Admiral Byrd, who's kind of experienced on the poles, obviously. Um, (laughs) yeah. And they take an aircraft carrier, um, about 20 seaplanes, uh, helicopters, um, something like 12 warships and a submarine and 4,000 combat <laughs> troops for what is, Whoa. yeah, the the um, original intent is kind of blurry. So they say they're there for scientific reasons, but then Bird says that it was primarily for military reasons and i think yeah what was that were they like cleaning cleaning out the nazis that were left over or what i I mean so the ultimate explanation is that they were performing a military exercise to basically train in a war climate against russia in that environment um now that's kind of not what this whole conversation is leading us towards where um i think it 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 leans more that there might have been some leftover nazi presence there and they were really scoping that out especially with like magnetic technology surveying um caverns and stuff like that for potentially underground bases And another interesting thing is I heard in one of his interviews, I think it may have been his last public interview before he went into his own hibernation about um, uh, finding uranium, which is used in uh, atomic weapons. Mm -hmm. Who said that? Uh, Admiral Byrd. Oh, the bird. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, so that's full of, uh, and that's like kind of the inciting, maybe not the inciting part of it, but like the the beginning of this whole Nazi UFO slash polar retreat like narrative, right? Is through the bird stuff. What was it? Did we think that they were they were there before high jump? Like, um. So, all right. So let me also say that another weird part is that they were supposed to be there for eight months and they leave after eight weeks. Hmm. Now here's where the you know um, people in the UFO community will basically say that Bird encountered a squadron of advanced aerial technology likely um nazi leftovers and they chase them out <laughs> yeah you have know. you noticed that our caps have actually got little pictures of skulls on them <laughs> i don't so hands are we the baddies so i mean this yeah. is not accounted for in any sort of historical record but this is no. the um <laughs> the other story you know Alternatively, yeah. if they weren't Nazi UFOs, they could have just been Hollow Earth um, UFOs from a right. leftover Atlantean civilization underground. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, or maybe a collaboration. I mean, it, it depends if you believe that. Uh, yeah, the Nazis achieved that technology. Um, and this is where um, Bird famously says that we encountered fighters that, or not encountered, but we have to fear that the enemy will have fighters that can fly from pole to pole at incredible yeah. speeds. So what's he There's, talking about here, you know? I think, well, in the book I was reading about that, this writer, I, th I think it's still that Arctos book by Jocelyn Godwin. He says that that's like a mistranslation of like a spanish interview right where it's like that as well where it's not like uh oh so maybe it was in, another, in that uh sort of i think we all read this like sort of academic article mm -hmm. talking about the myth of the arctic or the antarctic nazi myth um yeah just like, Antarctic <laughs> base, the myth and the reality yeah right peter beeching yeah and i thought that was a really good and very sober look at the whole thing um it's like mainly uh, did a really good job at like debunking a lot of things, which I found interesting. But yeah, you know, who's to say? I mean, yeah, I'm at a point in my life where I need to take some of that with whatever I'm also taking uh, in terms <laughs> of I need the, the skepticism at this point because I don't know. <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's the way I'm leaning. Um, not like that's my final position, but it, it helps to have like a very skeptical approach to the same topic. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see where you guys end up on this whole thing, because I think we did a good job of, you know, indulging the weirder UF ufology community of like the Nazi UFO program and the questionable Antarctic bases and stuff. Um, but then, you know, we also read a lot of, skeptical material that right. is presenting a more conventional portrait of history and explaining things away and I'm, I'm really interested at the end of this to see where you guys kind of fall on on what actually went down here but we'll, yeah. we'll get we'll get there yeah that's a good idea um 
Tangled so, web. For sure. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's super strange to me, though, that they were supposed to be out there for eight months. And even if this was some sort of training exercise, they left after eight weeks. Right. It's curious why there would even be the estimate of eight months if the uh, skeptical view is that obviously they had to leave before the winter set. You know, like wouldn't they take that into consideration when yeah. they're going? I mean, it could be something as crazy as like some kind of, it could have been propaganda. It could have been money laundering. Like, like there's all kinds of crazy conspiracy explanations that don't involve meet, meeting aliens or UFO Nazis, mm -hmm. which I, sure. I think are important to, to consent, like to consider uh, versus the, uh, but I'm, I'm, should we get into talking about like how, what, the basis for these nazis even having this technology is yeah yeah and i do think it's interesting to say maybe we should put this out here now while we're talking about high jump is that james forrestal um goes on to um was he on the joint chiefs of staff of um eisenhower I forget. he was something like that or he was like uh, some some secretary he had like some very high up position yeah and he um, he gets yeah. mentioned um with the majestic 12 documents where he was apparently right. a part of that um forestall yeah forestall ends up in a a naval psychiatric facility and jumps out the window and kills yeah. himself that's a uh, quite a fishy death too with uh <laughs> yeah. supposedly he like took the rope of his bathrobe and like tied it around his neck and then tried to tie the other end to a radiator. But the evidence shows that there was a struggle with yeah. the window oh, and the person who was supposed to like watch his room, uh, like didn't show up that night and the door was also left unlocked, which it wasn't supposed to be. There's just a lot yeah. of They're various like, details to that. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't updated their like <laughs> MOs like, since then because it's like the exact same like epstein thing <laughs> like, yeah right like totally. somebody he wasn't watching and then like bed sheet you know they just like i guess it's effective because no one really knows about forestall except like uh, he's freaks like largely, and losers he's largely like disappeared except right. for like the ufo community into majestic right. yeah. 12 the but, whole majestic um, 12 thing is crazy like someday we we ought to like look into that because that's like one of those things where it just showed up on some dude's doorstep like weird photocopied mm -hmm. or maybe they're like microfilm like and that all seems like a part of the whole uh bill moore and like richard Doty like psyop ufo land yeah that's certainly another slippery slope yeah um, um yeah. i mean either way the forestall story if it was a suicide and if that is the path that his life ended up taking, um, it just fits the, the mold for like the paranoid UFO logic so perfectly, you know, like right. the ties to high jump and everything. It's just, man, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. kind of chilling. He, yeah. <laughs> he definitely was murdered. I mean, I think it's like, yeah, there's some yeah. people like that in history where it's like, you really have to stretch your credulity to believe the like common sense explanation. I mean, he um, was pretty, as far as I understand from like uh, people's accounts is that towards his last days, he was very outspoken about being 
followed and uh, he was totally paranoid with probably good reason that he was going to be offed. And he was speaking on it, you know, and when you're in like a, yeah. a mental ward per se, like it's easy to say like, he was just going crazy, but like, look what happened. Right. Totally. Yep. And then of um, course there's the, <laughs> there's the yeah. account of the two warships at the end of world war two, which are seized in Argentina which um were Nazi submarines, which yeah, all the kinds U-530 of five thirty and the U nine seven seven. Yep, and those are aren't they like they're claimed that like Hitler escaped on those too? Is that part of that like whole thing? Yeah, there's many stories attached to that where apparently they were. One account says they had Hitler's ashes and they were bringing him to right. Antarctica. But either way, like they were going to Argentina or they were going to Antarctica. Um, yeah, or Chile. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Because uh, like they ended up in Argentina because they expected like a, a warmer welcome there because the war had just ended, right? And we know that Argentina has that massive post-Nazi presence where, yeah, like a lot yeah. of expat Nazis went there and they basically set up totally. like little um, autonomous governments and stuff. And I guess even like pre-war Germans emigrated there too. Um, so yeah, for some reason there's just like a pretty tight relationship between like Argentina and some of those other countries and certain European countries. I mean, so yeah, who knows? Maybe, I Going mean. Going back to yeah. uh, Hollow Earth, uh, I think also in South America, there's supposed to be another um, entrance to Hollow Earth. Oh yeah, where? Yeah. Um, I don't think it was at, it was in Argentina per se, but it was like somewhere like pretty far remote that yeah. I was reading about earlier. Are you talking about like in the, the name of that one in the Andes Mountains or something or like Chile? It might have been that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, there's got to be there's got to be more than one, I guess. Um, Holes at the poles, Shambhala, uh, the Andes, yeah. Mount Shasta yeah tibet so should we let's run through um the supposed history of the nazi ufo program and the real quote unquote real society (laughs) if they existed or not um yeah i'm gonna vote no yeah i Uh, hate the real society (laughs) we can we can probably agree that the fool society was a real thing yeah it was totally real for sure but the Real society is a lot more questionable. For sure. That I think is like a Nazi fantasy. I think as far as my research this past week has shown, it was invented by uh, some guy, Willie Lay, Lee, L-E-Y, or the people who interviewed him, which were uh, Bergier and Powell's for their book, The Morning of the Magicians, Mm -hmm. which is also, it's like a kind of a, the source of a lot of really lingering um, occult like obsessions, like ancient astronaut stuff was kind of popularized in that book too. Right. Um, so that's like the first mention in any book that I have found. And the Maria Orsic, who was the supposed channeler for, for them, the first mention of her, I think is in a, like a neo-Nazi novel in the, in the nineties. Okay. Um, yeah. So Maria Orsic, um, yeah, let's talk about her. Beautiful, beautiful woman. <laughs> there's a there's a 
if you are to Google Maria Orsic, there's like one photograph. It's not even a photograph. It's a, a portrait um, that exists. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's weird. Like this person is said to have existed of Croatian descent. Um, and the Virilian was a group of female channelers who grew their hair down to their ankles, basically, and thought that their hair was antennas for helping them channel. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, but I think that might come from, I forget where, some other culture has like a hair spiritual thing. There's there's a lot to that. A uh, little anecdote, when uh, Lou Reed was uh, involved in Theosophical Society, he had a guru uh, who told him that his hair was attracting negative energies, and that's when he transitioned to short hair for the rest of his time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's stuff like that. I think that's why, like, at one point, John Lennon, like, to get Yoko um, out of the grasp of, like, her ex-husband, her ex-husband was like, yeah, you have to cut off all your hair first, because he was into some like guru-type stuff, too. That's great. I mean, that sounds terrible, but, yeah. but that's, yeah, that's crazy. Yes, yeah, so I don't know. The, the Maria Orsic story is, and, like, I found, like, a Facebook page for her. Um, it's just, it's crazy. I don't know. All right. Um, so the apparent history of it is that in 1919 at some lodge in, like, Bavaria or something, um, Maria Orsic, people from the Tula Society, and um, people from the apparent Black Sun um, group as well, which was like a esoteric, became an esoteric division of the SS, apparently, but was... Oh, yeah. That was... That's another questionable one. Yeah, this is all alternative yeah. history, but to establish it... Um, yeah, yeah. So Maria Orsic is... She channels... Um, extraterrestrials from the uh, Aldebaran Aldebaran star system which is in the constellation Taurus and um, the first message that she she receives is in an apparent um, German Templar script that wouldn't have been known (laughs) to her and then the second one is in ancient Sumerian and this is where they get um information about harnessing this supposed free energy source the vril right which comes from the novel uh by bulwer lighten i think we mentioned last episode uh, yep. the coming race and vril for him is just like another word for like something like electricity like galvanism yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, vital magnetism, I think, yeah. is another, mm-hmm. like, it's like this, like, life energy that's kind of like, uh, properties. like, orgone or something like that, which came, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah these Germans are obsessed with this stuff. Well, Wait, that, he bull right. yeah, whatever. And then Tesla also, it gets mm. wrapped up in this, in this mythology where Tesla was harnessing free energy from the atmosphere and stuff like that, so... It, right. it creates this whole alternative history in this ufology field, which is interesting because you can watch a show on History Channel and it's going to tell you this stuff as if it's true. And now, you know, that's what makes me think the whole thing is kind of like I don't know, not like a psyop because I don't know what the yeah, but it's like it's just so fishy that like they, they push this stuff so hard. 
it's a slippery uh-huh. slope because like everything that's part of this mythology is connected to something that's like factual. So yeah. it makes it really hard to, you know, dissect it all and figure out what's, you know, what's more of a mythology and what's like embellished and what's like actually rooted deeply right. in fact. Yeah. And what we're going to get to too is the crazy part is that there is a case for this sort of strange, almost preposterous occult masking because we did actually adopt so much technology from the Nazi regime that we used, Mm -hmm. especially within aerospace, um, and not even just talking about von Braun and Oberth, who we'll talk about, but then there's also sort of the flying wing technology that goes on to be the stealth bomber and a bunch of different planes that are known to exist this is where it gets really interesting and really scary (laughs) yeah i mean i'm like perfectly at this point i'm perfectly comfortable knowing that there there were nazis in our in our sciences i mean they kind of act like that so it's kind of not surprising to me like the sort of (laughs) maybe that's mean just like uh, the scientific community kind of acts a little bit like Nazis. So like, I'm not super surprised that like we brought so many scientists over, but. And it wasn't just the U S though. It was like the Soviets had them. It was That's like, true. they like dispersed through like all of the major powers. Yeah, so they well, never they were, went yeah. away. They just were assimilated into everything that was going on all it, over right. the place. It kind of seems yeah. like the U S um, got, a lot of the the best of it though and and destroyed what was left so that the soviets couldn't get right um you know copies of of documents yeah. or even like um there's there's one plane that uh let's see and this yeah. one this one i think is really interesting um and it comes from the camler hans camler um well, I'll he was give... in charge of like concentration camps and slave labor and also the secret weapons program. Yep. And yeah. um, so they, the Allies seized. Um, sorry, I'm just going to go through all these scribbles here. They seized the Middlewerk, um, massive underground facility where the V1 and V2 was developed. And that's where they find the Horton HO229 which was a flying wing prototype. And mm-hmm. we take this and then we destroy the other one so the Soviets can't get it. This thing looks exactly like a precursor to the stealth bomber and a bunch of other planes that we utilize now. Right. And it, I guess, yeah. Like we kind of knew that they were working on, and there's like documentation and like history stuff about like how before the war was even close to over, we were already like planning or war against the soviet union Mm -hmm. and like trying to figure out how to get them because like we kind of knew that the germans were i use we but it's not not really it's Mm -hmm. uh i'm not really you know part of the american government so the americans were um yeah they're trying to like using spies and all you know figuring out what the germans were up to and it was it was all this weird stuff um yeah yeah, I think and there's also like a, a, a Nazi spy ring that was like assimilated into like what was the OSS, I think, that turned into the CIA. 
right. it wasn't just like the scientists, it was like intelligence collection agents as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think it's, it's crazy too. Like, I think part of the reason why there's so much, um, fantastic mythology surrounding the Nazis is because so much of this information was destroyed and lost. People went missing. People were displaced. People from that regime were trying to escape and some of them did escape. So for instance, Kamler, um, Oh yeah. He like disappeared, huh? He disappeared. I don't think, I don't think there's any document documentation of where he went. So what, what happens is he's a, he's like a, um, an engineer, and he he's first in charge of um, buildings and infrastructure, and then he sort of rises up to the SS, and he gets put in charge of um, the concentration camps, and then he utilizes um, slave labor to build these massive underground facilities where there's research going on, development. Um, there are also these massive bases, which kind of gets back to the the possibility of um, Antarctic bases was there um, the ability to mobilize that. And if you look at what he did with slave labor, building these giant underground bases in um, say like underneath the Hague and stuff, uh, you know, there is kind of a case that that was potentially possible to do in a very short amount of time. Um, So this guy after world war two, he was, I mean, well, towards the end, he was basically in charge of the, Wonderwaffen or the the Wonder Weapons programs, um, which they attach the Nazi bell to, and in right. uh, yeah. the V one, the V two, this flying wing I was talking about. This guy disappears, but there is two separate accounts after World War Two that he was actually captured by the Allies, and there's a apparently he was interrogated too. So I think the consensus is that we actually did get this guy. We got him. <laughs> we we had him, and um, you know we probably used him for all this insane intelligence gathering, mm. um, this information, and you know the whereabouts of certain technologies and stuff, and you know whether what we did with him afterwards, whether we let him off and gave him a new identity or whatever is is quite unknown, but. I think yeah, yeah. I think there's a yeah. good case that he was actually secretly captured and he and it's curious too in Nuremberg this guy doesn't get mentioned at all. He gets mentioned like right. 20 20 times at Nuremberg which is nothing cuz there's like those trials went on and and this yeah. guy's role should have been massive. But he's kind of put under the radar. It's it's really spooky. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff is crazy. I that was like one of the areas I'm glad you covered that. Cause I kind of fell off with lo- looking into him, but he's de- there's definitely a lot of material there. And that guy, especially the secret weapons stuff. And I, I don't know if you can, I mean, making an underground base in Germany where all your people are, is a lot different than taking a bunch of people to Antarctica and like doing it there. But it's definitely, it's like, it's a precedent, I guess, for that being, you know, possible, if not likely. I think it's in, I was just interested in in tying it back to that and cuz I know yeah, we talked yeah. about if whether or not we thought it was actually feasible um which I kind of still don't be, just because I they they obviously didn't have yeah. the um 
the physical resources to even develop the aerospace stuff that they had in the works. So they, I mean, what they had was plans and what they had was great scientists, but they didn't have the industry to actually make it happen. I don't think it was kind of like a end of the war race. Like, because it seems like, uh, the allies were scared that if it took any longer to end the war, that they would have these weapons in like production and the tides would turn. Yep. Uh, in their favor. Yeah, that um, someone who kind of covers all this whole area was uh, is a he's still alive, uh, Joseph Farrell, um, mm-hmm. who has all the, all these books about like uh, he has the Brotherhood of the Bell book, like he has this whole series of uh, like exotic technology and how that's tied in. He has a book called like Roswell and the Reich too, I think, where he thinks that the the Roswell incident had something to do with um i think that's interesting yeah it's totally interesting yeah that's something i I wanted to talk about i don't know if he's i mean you know yeah i have mixed feelings about him i don't think his research is all that solid all the time but he's more of like a speculator Mm -hmm. um and i think that's really productive sometimes but his i think yeah i don't know yeah i have mixed feelings about him a lot of people kind of treat him as like kind of like a the, the best of the best but um, since this is a Patreon episode, I, uh, yeah, he kind of sucks. Some of his, <laughs> some of his books are dumb as fuck, but, but, um, I do think that his work about UFOs in America and their relationship with like the, you know, the whole man-made UFO thing is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he doesn't exclude the possibility of like there being or having ever been extraterrestrial like visitation or, or whatever but yeah so he's kind like, of, like, yeah. like we've seen like like ufos have like existed in like the the hive mind in like old times like there's those medieval paintings that arguably depict ufos um it could just be like spiritual allegory put down or something but i think it's interesting mm. to think about how like the rise in ufo sightings and culture is all just around the end of world war ii it's like the Mm -hmm. war ends we get these rocket scientists and uh things like operation lusty bring over like all these like secret weapons to u.s shores yeah uh, whatever parts they could find and then out of nowhere it's like there's a boom of uh sightings and all of this like weird stuff happening and it becomes huge in pop culture and there's like B horror totally. movies and and all of this stuff. It all happens like in succession like that. And- yeah, it feels like like forty seven is the the year of I mean, I think that was was that when the Kenneth Arnold sightings were? Was that forty seven? It might have been that year, maybe a little earlier, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the the UFO um thing happened after that. I mean, uh, it, it's it's yeah. kind of curious, too. I mean, this is it's probably more endemic of like a cultural thing. But why were all the early contactee sightings, quote unquote, Nordics, you know, like. Right. Or at least people like yeah. like they look. Yeah, I think that that's an important thing. I mean, the the extrapolation there being that they are like either like. You know, I guess they could be like American pilots testing out secret weapons, pretending to be aliens, yeah. or like surviving Nazis. Like, I don't know. It's like, 
or maybe they like they captured like people who were trained to test these after the war and then those were the people who they saw flying them um like these like ex-nazi test pilots it's yeah it's such an interesting place to speculate and Um, and like think about you know the roswell crash happens um what year i think that's 47 too 47 and it happens right outside of a major secret air force testing facility with the the biggest landing strip in the united states and it also happens near where the the um, first nuclear tests happen was this like a german reconnaissance mission that crashed you know like a post nazi pretty much gone yeah they'd have to be like that kind of brings the breakaway civilization thing into it too yeah But, but i think something before we leave the roswell area um, we should think about uh, that, that book, The Day After Roswell, uh, by Philip Corzo, which is kind of like one of the 10 or so UFO books you'll see at like a Barnes & Noble. It's like the classic um, tale of this dude who actually was like pretty high up in the U.S. government, uh, well, the military. And um, But it's that's where the myth that like we back-engineered uh, technology from crashed alien, like, saucers at Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Like that's where that whole that mythology is kind of like or maybe that like that might have actually come before the book came out, but that was like the one that sort of solidified as like a something that like a person actually in the military has said that the Corzo book. Um mm-hmm. he was like on TV shows and is still pretty well respected in the I think he's died now, but like well respected, at least in the UFO field. Um but it seems like a pretty obvious cover for like, like paperclip stuff. Yeah. Um, just like, oh, we found this from an alien that crashed as right, opposed to like, right. oh, we brought over like, and people know that they brought them over. And like the stuff that he claims comes from the UFO is like fiber optics, like some like, uh, hey, wait a minute, really what the hell? Now? No. <laughs> I can hear something. I can't. There's motorcycles going by outside. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, um, the yeah. So he like he claims that uh, we back engineered fiber optics, uh, the microchip stuff, like all this stuff um, from this crashed saucer. As like so, yeah. It seems like a cover, maybe, Um, or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's just really curious that it seems like the Nazis were developing a lot of vertical lift technology because vertical lift would have been um, very beneficial where you don't need a super large landing area. You can sort of take off and land in, in uh, even sort of wooded areas and, and whatnot. Um, so I think that it's conventional wisdom that they were trying to develop different means yeah. of propulsion with vertical lift. Do y'all think that's what uh, the bell was? I guess so. I mean, like that even goes as far as being like, they thought it was like a teleportation machine. Like there's all this different, like, but uh, yeah, I guess the most reasonable explanation is that it was like a, just a different form of air travel. So are you guys, did you guys encounter Victor Schauberger? I think so, but please yeah victor (laughs) victor schauberger was a scientist who um after world war ii was deported to the u.s and his work um, remains classified to this day 
But he mm-hmm. apparently developed, uh, he was working with Vortex engines and um, propulsion using, he, he actually apparently made a propulsion device just using water. But the idea is that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, liquid mercury was then used in something like the Bell as creating a torsion right. field. And this is that torsion propulsion, which gets into the free energy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I've been looking into that anti-gravity stuff a little bit myself. Like, not not so much. I mean, I read about like the Bell stuff, and now that sounds more familiar. But like that guy Thomas Bearden, did you encounter him at all in this? He's like a he's either American or Canadian or British or something. But all of his books are like about um, how like how this anti-gravity um, scalar technology they call it is like very possible and has been done and is being implemented by like who knows who, but that, you know, it's, it's suppressed. Yeah. That all this stuff is suppressed. Um, which I think, yeah, the question would be why, like why if the Nazis were like working on this with the bell, which is like sort of documented, like it's kind of a gray area, like what exactly was going on with, with that project, I think. But I think the argument for suppression is like simply that if this was like public domain knowledge, not only would people want to revolt, but people would figure it out too. And thus there would mm. be like less way for uh, the people in control to control the people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also, I don't think you can underestimate the power of the oil cartels, you know? Yeah. Like cartels. Who, well, I know at this point, you know, it's, yeah, no, it's, yeah. I think we we underestimate in history and still to this day how much power is in is in the oil companies, you know. Yeah, and, it's yeah, and like I think there's such a, there's so much red tape when you're trying to develop this stuff that it only happens with certain, you know, DOD contract companies like Lockheed and Northrop and totally. stuff. Totally. Yeah, that's why I think that the um the the closeness of yeah like propulsion companies to intelligence and to US military is kind of like obviously they're working on stuff that we don't know about and they wouldn't want anybody I, I guess probably people who end up like it feels like there might be a situation in which people keep discovering anti-gravity and like all this stuff and then they keep getting absorbed into like the military and stuff yeah. and like yep. The, the patents because there's like and this i got this anti-gravity handbook which is like it's not totally tongue-in-cheek but it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek but it's a little bit serious it's like just articles by all these kind of like you know relatively serious conspiracy writers um talking about all the different stories of people working on this and then there's a there's an appendix where it has all these like patent applications for like anti-gravity stuff and mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, it's very fascinating because if they work, you'd think that they would be, so they might just be, I'll be like crackpot, like, I don't know, uh, alternative physics stuff, but. I I think this is like really interesting that like, there's so much stuff that we could know about that we don't, there's so much that is public domain. For instance, like, uh, there have been patents, uh, 
endless list of patents for weather control since the 1920s. A lot of people think that's still crazy, far away technology, but that's been happening right. for a hundred years now. We're in right. 2020. <laughs> yeah. um, and like, you know, there's a lot of people who nerd out on Tesla, the things that he was working on. Uh, I think mm -hmm. a lot of his technologies are probably in implemented in like this type of like strange stuff we're talking about. Like right. it doesn't have to be aliens. Like people have been doing like crazy things, especially within the military industrial complex. Yeah. As long as it's existed. Totally. Yeah. I think I mean, yeah. <laughs> you'd have to assume at this point that it's kind of an open secret where if you want mm -hmm. to work in propulsion, you work for the DOD or you work for Lock Lockheed you work at Northrop yeah. or something like that. Like, I think it's pr at this point it's probably like you can't, everyone knows you can't do that stuff on your own. You, like you have, right. like if you want to pursue that, you have to go this Avenue or you're not going to do it. Yeah, and, I, right. and, it and then you yeah. have sort of the, the big questions of what is actually going on. What, what is going on at Groom Lake and stuff, you know? Totally. Right. I, I think we, we kind of get sucked into the moon landing <laughs> conspiracy with this because like, if if we really have these technologies, these anti-gravity technologies, why are we still using like combustible fuel on what appears to be like a really important like national achievement, which is, you know, which I mean, because if the Nazis had it in 40, whatever, you'd think that by the 60s, we would have developed it a bit further using the same scientists. Um, so I, I think it has a bearing on that whole discussion of like, what is like the, the public facing like NASA stuff? Like why does it still seem like they're kind of working with like, well, I think because you can like, and because you can have that public public facing portion of NASA where you can use um, jet fuel propulsion. Yeah. And what does that do for the oil industries that we're talking about? It just bolsters them even more. That's true. So you think it's like a, like a co-beneficial like cover up. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it works that way. And then you also have yeah. this like very clandestine technology, which is still can be utilized for the most like high level. So what like reconnaissance we're getting into, or whatever yeah. else, you know, we're getting into like uh, sort of Gaia TV. Um, I don't think breakaway so. Stuff. But like, you know, if they have this technology and it's that much better, like they must have gone to Mars like many times by now, like that's sort of, that's a, a route of speculation. I'm not saying I believe, I believe this, but um, if they have this technology and they're so far advanced, you'd think that, yeah. They'd Maybe be doing that's like, not in their interest though. That's, that's true. You Maybe think they just, have like, this total earth domination. Yeah. I, or maybe yeah. it's just like about, you know, military dominance. Yeah. In your, in your research, did y'all come across the Torbit document? No, let's talk about that. Okay. Yeah, what, do, what do we have there? <laughs> that that was an interesting one. Um, it allegedly like it makes these crazy claims um, um, with Nazi connections to the JFK assassination and big oil and war profiteering, and essentially like through this stuff, uh, it's proposed that there are two space programs. There's one for public consumption. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another covert one uh, for its own agenda. Mike, what's that red light on your head right now? <laughs> I'm, just, uh, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> you scared me. I'm not um, facing a window. <laughs> yeah, the whole yeah, the, the ex-Nazi like 
secret state assassinating JFK is a whole other rabbit hole too. Yeah. Yeah. Which we don't necessarily need to do anything but stick our nose into. But there, yeah, right. We don't need that. We don't need that on us right now. But, um, Uh, (laughs) sorry, my bad. No, that's, (laughs) that's that's, that's relevant, you know? Yeah. Cause this whole, I mean, it, it, it brings to mind the idea of like, we kind of like go to the Nazis whenever we're trying to think of like what's evil. It's like this whole, like, like that kind of in this Jocelyn Godwin book again, he's saying like, like they think of when we think of the poles, we think of like the North pole as like this origin of life and like the site of like maybe an ancient, highly advanced civilization it's like there's this like north south kind of uh chauvinism where like then this the south pole antarctica is like like fucking nazis live there (laughs) like it's like what it's like you know it's like a if you're thinking of it as like a living creature it's like the north is the mouth and then the south is like the the anus yeah it's like (laughs) so there's like but it's, it's an interesting way to think of it like what are sort of unconscious ideas about what North and South are have to do with um, what we think might happen to the North versus the South poles, like, and where we go when we think of evil, we think of the Nazis. And it's not like they weren't evil, but they were also like a group of people doing like, you know, it's not just like they were evil because they were born like evil. You know what I mean? It's, it's interesting to interrogate. Um, Sure. how people end up doing these these things as opposed to like um yeah in, inherent evil yeah um i think just to go back to the the secret space program stuff for a second because it, it's on my mind um i it's i did weirdly find like a practical thread in all of this where even when you go towards the tic tac video and like the 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 pentagon releases and stuff like that like there is something in our aerospace field right now and and marco rubio talking about it yeah. you know, well, or they want you to think there is whatever um yeah and and then it's kind of like within the ufo field a big thing now is the black triangles which is apparently the tr3b astra which is, is the, the triangle yeah yeah. And that's like gets tied to the Phoenix lights and a bunch of right. other sightings. And a lot of people think that that is just a black project developed by the United States uh, yeah. military, you know? I think that's a, yeah, that's a pretty popular position. I, and I, at least for the triangle sightings, that seems more likely than, because there's like some weird looking UFOs. It seems more like that's like something else. I don't really understand what that is. But sometimes you see them and it's like, oh, that looks like, some like like sadistic nerds in like a secret government program made that yeah as opposed to like you know a ball of light which is a little bit harder to understand right well yeah that's right. like a totally different thing i think but it, to me large gas yeah I, I don't know i think <laughs> sentient lights and and then like black project crafts you it's pretty easy easily discernible in my head yeah, I mean, but then I, again, like the lights could also be craft or some. You know, it's like we don't know how far in either direction any of this goes because people just don't have access to the information. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it's interesting to know. me though. Like, you're gonna tell me that we split the atom and like harness the power of the sun, 
over Hiroshima, but we are still relying on combustible forms of propulsion. Like it's it's really hard for me to believe that, you know. Yeah, right. it's, it's hard curious. to believe. We we've we've discovered the Higgs boson particle, you know. But, yeah, but, I mean, but we're still like burning fuel yeah. for our highest levels of propulsion. I I can't believe that, you know. Right. I, I even think like, uh, well, like SpaceX, which is like you know a Tesla offshoot, they're still using it, and like their whole thing is like electric, like you know, trendy electric bullshit. Um, yeah. As I don't know, it's like it's hard. It's hard to say why. Like, why would we still be using these things? especially in the private sector. Like, so does like Elon Musk, like have, like, it's just like, you have to like start to wonder who knows about this. Well, that like only, in a concrete way, the private sector kind of just got opened up to space stuff. Yeah. Within the last like eight years, arguably, but even just regular propulsion, like, mm-hmm. like uh skunk works and all, you know, all that, like, well, they're tied like, in. Kind of, that's yeah, like, where it's like you're not sure if it's like it's not entirely military, but it's not entirely private. I I kind of think they're they're in a hop and skip with the DOD and secrecy and oh, stuff. They, they are, yeah. But 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 they're also part of Lockheed Martin, which is like they're not a military or they're not a government like entity. They're a they're a contractor. Yeah. Or like an you know an NGO. I think it's just um, easy to make the case that like it's like oh okay SpaceX you can you can use this per, your you know jet propulsion now and do this stuff like where we've been doing other things for a long time and we, and we still yeah. are you know So like do you think like Elon Musk knows like about anti gravity technology and if he does does Grimes know and if she knows like do other like in, indie musicians <laughs> Like I kind I don't know I kind of just get the impression it's sort of an open secret like I guess yeah it must be but like and I think I people know too. don't you don't fu- you don't touch that shit like you don't yeah. go near that or you're gone like so it's kind of the same as like uh, I don't like what like I feel like there's examples of that throughout like uh, power cultures like power elites like. I guess like the Epstein thing or like Well um, even what's um what's the Orgon guy's name? Um Reich? Reich? Yeah, Willem Reich. Willem Reich, yeah. His his stuff got smashed and seized and classified. Right. I mean, ostensibly because of obscenity, right? Like wasn't that like, like doing he was like orgasms are good and they were like, No, they're not. Yeah. So they killed him. So they <laughs> in <say>. jail. <laughs> and Wasn't like, like one of Tesla's laboratories also like set on fire? That's why he moved out to Colorado. It was seized yeah. by um, Donald Trump's uncle, for real. <laughs> well, that was on his death. That was yeah. when he died. Donald Trump's for, un- yeah. uncle. Uh, That's was crazy. John G. Trump. It's he was so in annoying. charge of yeah. uh, you know taking inventory of all of his like belongings <laughs> as he's dead in the room and yeah. shit. Yeah, and then they know, like, like, yeah, none of this is uh, of any significance. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, and then half of it disappears. Yep. Right. Half is like sent to. Yeah, like these people aren't stupid. Yeah. It's, it's not like they're like, they're not like, like oh, we just can't figure it out. So this is all baloney. They're like obviously working on this. Like, there's no way they're not. Like, at least in terms of like having a military advantage, I guess like one of the explanations is like there's no money in like free energy or whatever 
Yeah, you but can't. I find, I find that hard to believe. explanation. Right. You can't <laughs> put is. a meter on it. Yeah. Right. But I, I bet you could <laughs> like, yeah. if you wanted to. Like, I bet, like, I think capitalism is, like, insane enough to make a profit on anything. Like, yeah, but you, 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 know. you spend all this time amassing all of this oil. And, and no, that's true. Stuff. Like, like the oil thing is still. Legit. You want to get as much as you can out of it before you drop I the next up, yeah. upload. You know, that's like the whole peak oil update, thing. rather. Yeah, <laughs> and like some like some people I kind of follow, sort of um, talk about that. Like they're they're kind of like creating all this chaos to like get us off the oil and like so we can move into like a free. You know, you know how it is. Like the sort of new agey conspiracy people that aren't exactly like, yeah, you know, where QAnon meets, meets uh, yoga. I don't know. Um, yeah. They're getting us ready to, to get off of oil and get on to scale our technologies. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I, <laughs> I really enjoyed this one though. could be because um, I think, for so many of our previous episodes, especially with UFO stuff, the hoaxing element takes over and you sort of become this like skeptic who is sympathetic to the hoax and the the, uh, egregore or identity, social identity of a hoax. But in this, there is like a real conspiracy. I think that you can map out that, yeah there's a yeah and then you sort of have to start to decipher what actually is capable within this conspiracy like technology wise you know it's really interesting right i yeah i like this one i I, i'm gonna have to undercut that a little bit with um i think the hoax levels are still pretty high here oh yeah definitely especially with the connection between nazis and the occult I think a lot of that is sourced from like novels that happened after the war. I think that there is a definite connection between Nazis and the occult, um, especially with some of those societies we mentioned, not the real society, but like the Ariosophists, just like that. I don't know if they had a name. Um, the List Society, I guess they were called. Yeah. Uh, the, the Tula, Thule, whatever. I like don't understand German pronunciation. It seems like an art form more than a language. Um, like I think, so there's a connection, but I think like, like the black sun thing, for instance, that did not appear before it was mentioned by, uh, Landig, I think. No, well, the, the black sun emblem is on the, but that's not that they didn't, that was just called the, it wasn't like called the black sun. It was like, that, that was like the connection between the black sun emblem on the floor of wherever that was, and then, like, the Black Sun itself. The symbol, rather. Yeah. Yeah. The the symbol and, like, the idea of the Black Sun as, like, a Nazi thing, Mm -hmm. that was created later. The symbol itself is just, like, a somebody's design choice that, like, ended up becoming a part of history. Right. It wasn't, yeah. So, yeah, like, that's part of, like, the whole, like, myth of the... That was that guy Landig. Um, I've been reading through this Nicholas Goodrich Clark, Goodrich Clark, whatever. Yeah, he's, um, he's supposed to be like a sort of authority on the Nazi it's incredible. stuff. Yeah, I have yeah. that book here too. Um, this is from his newer one. Um, I'm just going to read a short quote. It's from his newer one called just called Black Sun, and it's about esoteric neo-Nazism. Um, 
I'm not going to read a whole quote, but uh, so some, yeah, it was later that the, um, the they're called the the Woolsbergs, like W-E-W-E-L-S-Berg, Sun, yes. Sun Wheel, um, Woolsberg. <laughs> that was... Um, Ws are pronounced as Vs. Right, Vool. But I'm not going to say that. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's like not how a human talks. Um uh this human at least but yeah that was a decorative disc derived from the merovingians mm-hmm. so that's an interesting connection too i know but for sure and the, i land, mean yeah it's also Landig. like has its connections to like babylonian sun wheels and stuff totally but i mean like we didn't even really indulge the more fantastic aspects of the the nazi ufo mythology which would say that so there's the real connection, and then they actually encounter draconian reptilians in the hollow earth, and they right. well, make why this sort of pact with that. But I mean, that's the funny part, though, is like that's the sort of dressing that puts on gets put on top of it. But there actually is this whole secret aerospace jet propulsion yeah. thing, and and then we we get um, Oberth, and we get Werner von Braun whose brother actually was developed the V1, I think, and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I mean, is it just a case of like muddying the waters by like, I mean, or is it just, this is what people do. They create myths and I mean, it's all very fun. I love this kind of stuff, but it seems like pretty much every one of the really extreme weird things has been traced back as far as I know, to like a novel written by an ex-Nazi or a novel written by someone who like has other weird connections. It just seems like... Uh, oh, I think the waters get muddied like twofold, um, probably fueled by disinformation, but then there's also the um, confluence of like the Shaver mysteries and stuff like that of yeah. hollow earth uh, dwellers being these... these um, Extra leftover extraterrestrial people who took to the earth and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's crazy. Like, so this guy, Dr. Herman O'Berth, who comes over from Project Paperclip, Mm -hmm. um, he's an internationally known rocket pioneer, space uh, space authority. And um, he was the head of Caltech laboratories until 1955 after Paperclip. And it's crazy that these guys' jobs are just like. Like, oh, yeah, and then I taught at Yale after, like, I designed missiles to, like, destroy the United States. Yeah, and so his famous quote that's attributed him attributed to him through, um, you know, it'll always be mentioned in these uh, Nazi UFO documentaries and stuff, is that he says, we cannot take all the credit for our record advancements in certain scientific fields alone. We have been helped. We've been helped by the people of other worlds. Right. What is he talking about? Like, what yeah. What the hell is that? I wonder. Uh, I think these people were really steeped in this old lore. Like, it's ancient lore. It goes back to the whole hollow earth thing. Like, you know, I can speak most from experience through theosophy. They believe in these, like, cavern dwelling, like, the great white brotherhood of, like, these people that are, like, ageless, you know? Did this right. guy, though? I don't. Did he, he was like a like a right? He wasn't like a, 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 like a brilliant Nazi, like, scientist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just like 
I feel like these people are are steeped in that whole mythology, and they, you yeah. know, I I also can't rule out like actual extraterrestrials in this. Right. Like, like who's to say? Right. I'm right. not an authority on this. I'm not to say that there aren't extraterrestrials communicating with humans on this. Earth. Sure. Yeah. yeah, we don't want this to become like a skeptic podcast. Like, no. I think that there are. I don't think we are. I mean, I'm like pretty sure there are UFOs of some kind that are either like, that are somehow like we- weird, that like they're not people. I don't know. So I, I don't want to like come across, at least like I'm not, I don't believe that we're alone or whatever, but. And then apparently um, Werner von Braun also has a quote attributed to him where he says something like, there's an enemy of unknown origin that we're right. facing. Yeah, these people are always saying these things. And what, like, the, what the hell? Like an unknown origin. And when did he say that? Like just at dinner? Like these quotes are so crazy. I, I love think them. It's, this happens in like the 50s, but. Yeah, no, I know. I just mean like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, the, the sourcing yeah. on these. Because, yeah, you hear these in these in this kind of literature, like. And you just wonder if it's taken out of context. I mean, the first one, how could you take that out of context? But right. It's, Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's so interesting. Um, Man, this this whole thing is just so fucking twisted. Like, even back to the Maria Orsic stuff, like, is there, does this person have a birth certificate? Like, I don't know, like, was this person also disappeared after World War II? Right. But all the pictures of her are fake. So, like, uh, and, like, why do people keep pushing, like, these, like, doctored or, like, stills from like period piece movies as like maria orsic it's like kind of yeah it, it just i mean i'm like pretty I'm, i would say i'm 99 on that being a hoax include like and the whole real society i think it's just like a misunderstanding of other actual like occult societies in pre-war germany well i think um, one of the one of the scientists who came over from paperclip i i don't remember which one um also said in an interview he was like talking about all the different occult societies and he was like there's even one that is based on this book um and he was talking about the real book you know i saw that too so i don't know if that was confusion or if he was talking about the tula society i have no idea it could like it could be it could just be completely covered up because it was that crazy but then like why do we have all this like supposed like inside information about them using their hair to like channel and stuff right right it doesn't really add up to me i'm like i'm very comfortable saying that that's fake well okay well here's the other aspect um in america jack parsons who is of jpl laboratories which goes on to contribute heavily to nasa was um you know a protege of uh Alistair Crowley's and performs the Babylon working in totally. the desert of Nevada. Um, where oh, that stuff's real, I think. Like, yeah, yeah, and it was all about channeling. And, oh, yeah. I, I don't think it's like the connection isn't there. I just, we like have people who say that they like, you know, we have like people who were privy to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. This Whereas history is yeah. just, it's just so strange that like the, I guess it's not that strange. It shouldn't be, maybe, but the fact that like propulsion technology development is so heavily intertwined with the occult I know. And, and esoteric information 
is strange I mean, to me. It's and then, crazy. Yeah, then there's yeah. the whole connection to the Vamanas. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, and this, I mean, I'm still, as I mentioned last time, still reading Gravity's Rainbow. And that's like, it's a book about <laughs> the relationship between uh, propulsion and, and like the super, like weird, weirdness, not really necessarily the supernatural, but so I, I don't know. This is like a very, it seems like there's a lot of material in, in there. And like, you know, the whole NASA, NASA is full of like occult references for no real reason. Yeah. Um, like no, at least no discern, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just like playing with mythic names for fun, but and I think perhaps like a lot of this, like does it, it gets its like wings from mythology and although the mythology mm. like continues, it's like, like these people initially were interested in like this ancient mythology, like you mentioned the Vimanas, um, like, you know, having like ancient stories of flying craft mm -hmm. at your disposal, it's like, well, there must be a way to do this. So it yeah. brings these people to like embark on the mission to do it and they tr they figure it out because humans are smart and they can figure stuff out right right um and the same thing with like you know the atlantean myths uh like these you know people who like the flood happened they go underground and stuff and like these people are in search of them so they're going into the caves they're like this like sort of thing fuels the expedition towards knowledge and towards like bringing it back it's a self-fulfilling prophecy mm. based yeah, on the mythology yeah. that already existed. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. The yeah. link between, yeah, myth and science. Is, I think that's pretty, a pretty tight link. At least it used used to be. I guess it still is, right? I don't know. I think it still is. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people like look towards a lot of scientists, in my opinion, look towards spirituality and they want to like use science to prove their own predispositions mm -hmm. based on. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I, I also think it's super interesting this connection, which I think is something that's permeating a lot now with the Hellier whole world that developed. Um, yeah. Sort of like the geomagnetic anomalies tied into cave right. systems, meteor crashes, and that having to do with um, exterior above ground phenomena is yeah. just something that's kind of, it's just there's this crazy relationship happening yeah that stuff's so fascinating <laughs> <laughs> i made myself a drink too <laughs> uh, um man gotta give a shout out to the uh mysterious ufo tv guy oh my god because um I watched there's a one he's got this one documentary and it's called the Al, what is it called Alde, Aldebaran just Oh uh, yeah Aldebaran Aldebaran yeah That um, sounds right. I think it's called the Aldebaran mystery but man it is like the most confusing shit because I, it, I just don't think he's that good at making documentaries. <laughs> the sound quality is pretty poor too. Yeah, for sure. Um but but like if he is believing what he's saying, he's making a documentary about like potentially the scariest shit ever. Yeah. But then there's like this like hilarious triumphant like music playing and there's all these like 
really funny early CGI graphics of like Nazi UFOs yeah. and shit. It's really <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. I mean, he's appealing to, to the epic factor in his listener. That Are channel kills though. Yeah. I'm recording. Yeah. <laughs> We're back. Yeah. Did no, we leave? I definitely recommend like some, anybody check out UFO TV on YouTube. Cause there's like, <laughs> he just like takes documentaries that were like on public access TV or whatever. Oh yeah. Like, that hollow earth one. Yeah. Slaps the he logo. Like, on uh, it. Yeah, he puts the logo. On. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. I guess. Once that, yeah. Once that dramatic music starts going, I like, that's uh, all I yeah. can focus on. I'm like, Oh man, like yeah. this is like this, you're intending to play with my emotions in this way. And I see it. And then I just can't yeah. take it seriously. And then his like voice <laughs> yeah. comes in, and he's it's just Ooh. like so poorly mixed, and he's like, "The Nazi UFO connection." <laughs> yeah. He sounds like he's like yeah, far he, away. Yeah, that that shit rules. I'd like to meet that guy, but he's probably, probably kind of like, sounds like he's in a Zoom meeting. Yeah. Um. So, I was thinking maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, Peter Lavenda. Oh yeah, hell yeah, your boy. Pete. Um, so I'm, I really love the Sinister Forces, uh, trilogy. I think it's a great summation of a bunch of weirdness. It misses a lot of stuff and it's, he does some kind of dumb speculation, but I think it's good. And I think he's a pretty good, you know, researcher. That's Lavinda's book? Sinister Forces is a, it's a trilogy of, it's subtitled, A Grimoire of American Political Witchcraft. A lot of it's about Manson and that whole thing. So um, he either like wanted to act like he was wrapped up in intelligence stuff or actually might have been. I think he, I don't know. Cause yeah, he has like all this stuff about <laughs> working and like going to China, like for like with some company that's kind of suspect. And then like his trips to South America to research uh, unholy Alliance, which is the book that I read a lot of for this episode. It's a book about, Nazis and the occult. And it's actually like not that great. It has a really amazing intro by Norman Mailer, who later in his life became very obsessed with Nazi occultism. As you can see in his book, uh, The Castle in the Forest, which is kind of like about like Hitler and like a demon. But so this like very respected man of letters um, wrote the intro to this this occult Nazi book. Um, And anyway, uh, Lavenda was also it's like I would say it's like ninety-five percent certain that he's uh, Simon, who wrote the Necronomicon, which like you'll also see everywhere. Like it's like a very popular occult book, like a it's like a riff on like the Lovecraftian mythos, which Lavenda is also obsessed with. So there's a lot of reason to, but I think somebody found like the contract for Simon, yeah, and it was it was Peter Lavenda. <laughs> yeah, but, I, ch- I checked out that article too. That was pretty good. Yeah. We should post um, the uh, the link to that because I think that's a funny history of like New York yeah, at that time too. Totally. So yeah, Lavenda's tied in with all that, and yeah, so I like he's one of those guys where we're with like Joseph Farrell, who I kind of think is a comparable writer in some ways. Um, I like kind of have decided I don't really like him that much, even though I like some of his books. <laughs> with Lavenda, like I keep flipping back and forth because like. I'm also pretty sure as Simon, he like definitely ripped off Tracy Twyman and like stole a bunch of her notes for a book about uh, Catholic magic. And like, 
stuff like that. And there's like pretty well-documented stuff about that. But, you know, that's also like gossip, who's to say, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty, anyway, I'm pretty sure he like steals people's research as Simon, which is kind of hilarious. Um, but then Sinister Forces. Right by my side called, uh, what's it? Papal Magic by Simon. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. A, that's yeah. literally the one. That that's he, the one you're talking about? It's yeah. like, it takes like whole paragraphs from Tracy Twyman's notes that she sent to Harper, the, the publisher. Um, and, you know, it's uh, Lavenda still like denies being Simon. So like, we're not actually talking shit about him. Uh, if he wants to stick to that, but I don't know. Yeah. Lavenda's interesting. He's kind of made like Nazi occultism, at least for like a good 10 years, like his main project. So he's worth talking about with this episode for sure. And the Alliance is worth checking out, but what are like some of his main contentions? Basically that, I mean, he doesn't mention the real society, which is interesting, but he kind of ends up saying that like, he claims that like Hitler himself was a lot more into the occult than I think is like, I think it's kind of a stretch. I think Hitler like had some friends who were really into it. And Hitler was like into vegetarianism and like light occultism. But I don't think, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So I don't think, yeah. So that's kind of where I think the Lavenda stuff, but a lot of it's also like a narrative of his trying to go to the Colonia Dignidad or whatever in Chile, which is like this, I guess, Nazi stronghold, or at least they were Germans. Um, He just kind of like, it seems like he spends a lot of his time trying to prove uh, that Hitler survived um, World War II and escaped which I guess might be true, but seems like there's not really much evidence for it. Well, they didn't find a body, right? I thought they did. I don't even, now I don't even remember because I've been reading too much Lavenda where like, yeah, they found a body, but he was a priest in Indonesia at that point. Like it's, you know. Like going back to Kamler, like there's a controversy over a body found with his like, um it was like all of his paperwork was with the body but the body didn't match his body Mm -hmm. it was like a body basically like abandoned in a well yeah um that had like his like the paperwork you would expect to find with like the person but almost too conveniently you know yeah yeah no i hard to say with these nazis you know i kind of Mm -hmm. i believe that with him i think he was seized and um basically put into sort of like prisoner program where maybe he was given a new identity or maybe he was just held as a informant for ever. Who knows? You know what his new identity was though? Here we go. Walt Disney. (laughs) I think it's, Uh, it's, uh, (laughs) it's really funny too. Like there's, um, the blueprints of the Vril craft and stuff that, you know, are floating around and it's like, well, how did these blueprints get released? And one of the cases made for that is that after the Warsaw Pact, um, these sort of uh, aristocrats that were under the umbrella of the Soviet Union who were in positions of power just sold them on the black market to make money because they were like... Hell yeah. Their currency was like decimated after the fall of the Soviet Union and stuff. Just kind of... I mean, that's an interesting explanation. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Just intelligence being like sold off, you know? 
Yeah, no, I like that. I I also think that like I haven't looked at much. I've seen like, you know, the flash of a blueprint on the screen during like a documentary, but I haven't and I'm not like a physicist, so I don't know if like it could just be bullshit. Like it could just be like I could have drawn it and it's like they're probably I mean, I'm sure people have done some diligence on them. Yeah. And like checked it out. So I bet it's interesting. Um Oh, speaking of, I guess a good connection here is if we're going slightly back to Lavenda is I feel like the To the Stars Academy thing, which, so he, he co-wrote several of the books with Tom DeLong, or is it DeLonge? Uh, whatever, with Blink-182, Singer, um, which like, I'm like, To the Stars Academy has to be intelligence or like something, right? Like, yeah. it's so goofy. It, yeah, just, yeah. it has to be. Right. Would, I get that like, impression so like, as well, yeah. If they're, so like, if yeah, they're Lavenda not- Lavenda has to be too, I guess, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they're not intelligence, I think their informants are, you know? Well, they, yeah. Like, uh, who's the newest guy who's, like, been all over? Um, um, that, and he's kind of a stocky Yeah, I know. Guy. I can't think of his name. I, we, Mike, we saw him at the convention. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We, we sat in on the, the secret panel. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, me and Mike, we I think we talked about this on a previous episode. We were at a UFO convention in Cherry right. Hill. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's where they'd have it, I guess. Um, uh, his name great. starts with a D. Last name starts with a D, I think. It's like Dillis. I don't I don't remember his name. Anyway, I guess our we're going to talk about this a little bit with our hopefully with a guest next time, right? Yeah. Um, that's kind of the anyway. Don't want to let too much slip. Um for our next interview, but yeah, Lavenda's connection to, to the stars kind of cements some of the, like cements some of the weirdness about his, like, why was he traveling so much when he was like 28, like hunting Nazis mm-hmm. and like, like, because he was like a gumshoe journalist. Like you just like, I, I don't know. I don't, that's like the narrative of unholy Alliance and like the work he did in China. I just don't, I don't know. It just, I might be like accusing someone, which I'm sure I've done before, of like being a, an intelligence agent, but or at least it's like an asset. I don't know. And he might just be like a weird guy who like goes on adventures. Um, it kind of seems just, like people that were. Uh, oh man, I accidentally put on some reverb. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's awesome. I flicked up the reverb knob on my own voice. <laughs> Thank you for joining our Patreon. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brother. Um, yeah, that was totally by accident. <laughs> but um, should we talk a little bit about the Shaver mystery? And if, if we boy. think that kind of <laughs> ties into all this. I love the Shaver mystery. Yeah. Uh, I love Richard Shaver. Richard Shaver. Every every yeah every few years I just get really into the the shaver mystery. It's just like especially during the winter, it's just very cozy um, and insane. <laughs> it's cozy. This guy like <laughs> like apparently he was what working in like a manufacturing plant, and, and he started hearing torturing like through his uh, what's that like his soldering gun. Yeah, he started like getting hearing, telepathic like messages of yeah. like. Of people in the caverns torturing people. Yeah, um, quits his and, job, yeah. ends up uh, like on the street as a vagabond. 
I really think that we should do an episode just on Shaver because I think there's enough there, especially thinking of him as like a potential ground zero for the contemporary UFO thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's like a good, as good a candidate as anybody else. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he like ties into the whole hollow earth thing, like all that hollow earth. How does he tie into that? Well, I mean, the, the Darrow's and the Taros live in the, in the caverns beneath the earth. And they're like remnants of a long, vanished civilization and like the darrows have devolved into these like horrible torture monsters and the other ones have are like these like beautiful he's like it's very pulpy it's like a lot of beautiful this women is the artist right yeah he's yeah. He also later in his life he did these rock pictures which are i think they're incredible it's like he'll take a, a piece of like agate i guess and and he'll kind of like his contention is that they're like actually encoded 3d stories where like he'll sort of trace the like contours of the insides of these agate slices and project them and like sort of paint um scenes i get like it's incredible um at least like even if he's just like a, and i think i I think this term is kind of like dumb he's like like as an outsider artist he's kind of like an interesting dude even if he wasn't already like a really controversial like ufological character yeah his his story kind of reminds me of like an analog to uh henry darger stuff darger yes yeah totally he's a little bit less richard shaver creeps me out about 90 percent less than (laughs) darger yeah yeah. um there's no (laughs) at least there aren't many like naked children in the in the shaver mythos right um there's a lot of naked women (laughs) <laughs> and like naked like Hell things yeah. that have 30 heads but he says that like that's because they're showing movement he has like this whole like <laughs> like like theory behind like how this vanished civilization encoded rocks all over the world with their stories the stone it's really, tape theory really beautiful yeah kind of it's like a it's like a yeah a riff on the stone tape theory like the stone videotape theory <laughs> So, like, Shaver and Charles Fort both had in common that they thought that we were essentially useful remnants of an extraterrestrial yeah. society. Yeah, we're related to them. Yeah. yeah. We're related to them somehow. <laughs> and they, like, like to torture us. And he, like, so I guess I'm reading a biography of him. And in his college days, he went to art school and... Uh, married a young Russian uh, expatriate communist and he joined the communist party (laughs) on campus and he like regrets that very much because he thinks that these beings were torturing him because he was on a list of like communists in America and this was in like the 30s Um, it's just like and he was like also like did blue collar jobs throughout his whole life like landscaping working in a factory, all, all this kind of stuff. And do you, do you so get was, the impression that he was just like a paranoid schizophrenic? Maybe I don't like kind of like kind of yes. And kind of no, it depends on the day. Mm-hmm. He certainly had like the traits of paranoid schizophrenia, but even like, like they even have like a word for that, like the influencing machine. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's a thing that happens to people with schizophrenia. They think there's like a, 
some far off machine or person like making them feel certain ways or act certain ways. Um, so it's kind of classic, but I, yeah. I, I, it's also in my gut. I just like, don't really, <laughs> I don't think so. Or if yes, it doesn't matter. It's kind yeah. of somewhere in there. Part of this like crazy world we tend to delve into is like um, those weapons where like they can basically like they, you know, the big in parentheses, they put like yeah. thoughts into your mind or like uh, sonically like talk to you and yeah. like say things, um, you know, EMF it's like weird James Bond type of crazy stuff. Um, yeah. And there's that thing in like, that pe like people are still talking about that thing where are like agents somewhere were like getting like their brains yeah damaged by well that stuff weapons. is like totally legitimized like sound oh, that's yeah. real sonic weapons yeah we just Definitely. don't know who did it like they're blaming the russians they're blaming local people and like i think like a lot of people are now thinking like oh it was the it was our own intelligence people mm -hmm. like testing Seems shit out the consensus yeah. yeah which is incredible like because those were like mostly americans and like people that were of use to us i don't know that, was... that's sort of what i thought like in my um long downward spiral into the death of forestall actually oh, like, right. i was, he was wondering i was like an influencing if, like, thing yeah. yeah there was something like that maybe the darrows led to such a rapid spiral of his like mental deterioration gang yeah. stalked or, out that window mm. i mean just even like if even like one tenth of like the mj12 mythology is true I kind of think that like, I certainly would go a little insane, like under that kind of pressure. Mm -hmm. Like I have to know that like, we're, we have like a treaty with aliens and I can't tell anybody. It's like, like, damn, even if like, I mean, I guess he was like or, a politician, like military type. So I guess maybe he could handle it better than me, but like. Even just like the weakest explanation is, is that um, they were privy that there were this unexplained aerial phenomena and we're not disclosing right. this like what the hell is this why aren't yeah. we talking about this like it would probably be the fucking most world-breaking thing right? you if, using, you were, if you knew about it you know yeah are you using the politically correct term for ufos yeah you know what's a you know what's a funny thing i just realized like and it, it, there's like a disney connection here oh was it that dude who wrote uh, our friend the atom no it's it's a pretty out one um You've never seen these movies, and Mike probably hasn't either. But the what, whole, right. the whole like Marvel Captain America plot is like a paperclip plot, and the device that they use is a tachyon device, which <laughs> is like the speculative technology within yeah. this the Nazi um, secret propulsion technology. Wait, like a recent Marvel movie, like the Winter Soldier one? Or yeah, like all those movies are based on like paperclip infiltrating uh u.s intelligence and yeah. having like this secret source of virilian energy essentially like through this ta right. tachyon like right and the black panther energy. one kind of has that too right that's wild it's a it's a main plot line of, right. of all that shit and the winter soldier is like about this um like so do you like these movies i i'm i'm greatly entertained by them yeah 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 i I can't really stomach them unless there there are very certain situations in which I can, and um, it involves like being in a movie theater, I guess. Yeah, I really love movies, so I love yeah. like super entertaining movies that are like that you watch and then forget about kind of 
afterwards. Yeah. But there is like a weird um, conspiracy plot in like the Marvel movies that, especially the totally. Captain America stuff that is underlying, like in these movies is, is all about this like alternative paperclip Nazi infiltration. That's what the, huh. um, I forget what it's called now, but the, uh, whatever the, enemy of captain america is luckily we don't have many patreons yet patrons yet and they probably don't know what the hell i'm talking about but the enemy uh, basically is like a nazi infiltration of the united states government oh through, yeah, yeah yeah through these like, i mean i've seen like powers. three of these movies especially the last few i mean i'm sure there's like weirdo intelligence slash like whatever hands like all over. I mean, there is with anything with Disney and anything with like the big studios. Well, that was kind of the funny thing to me, like watching those movies, you know, like you're expecting just this dumb thing, but then it's like, if you're privy of this whole alternative Nazi UFO history, I was like, what What the fuck is going on here? Maybe I'll have to break my anti Disney vow and go back and have a look. Yeah. I don't watch like too many movies, but like what you're talking about uh, brings me to think of something I was reading very recently, like in preparation for this episode about like uh, certain movies, one including like Rod Serling, um, the Twilight Zone guy, uh, basically addressing things like the secret space program um, and Mm -hmm. like false. like moon landing stuff. Oh, are, like you're probably areas. talking about that movie that um Pagan Hollywood was talking about that was directed by the Is it uh, the Ninth Configuration? Yeah, the Ninth Configuration. I don't know. I still have to. I don't even the novelization. Know. Yeah, I have to watch that one too. I yeah, that's still on the list. We could have watched that for this episode, but just some a comment day. on the movie tip for me because I haven't yeah. seen it. I just like passed by it in my in my studies. Yeah, it's. I mean. The Hollywood connection to this kind of stuff is, it's very rich. Um, We haven't really done a good, I mean, I guess the Pagan Hollywood episode was, we covered it a little bit. Yeah, we haven't really gone too deep into like the connection between Hollywood and crazy conspiracy stuff. I think we went pretty deep on that episode. And it's, to me, it's always hard dealing with, actual fiction you know because like you know any of these writers can be privy of like weird conspiracy shit and be like oh well that's a cool plot line i can use that that, yeah you know i think that like they definitely like i like i know for a fact that like certain hollywood or like tv people will read stuff like even like tracy twyman like pretty obscure like conspiracy stuff just because it's so rich in ideas um and i mean this stuff is much more popular than that so i mean even that like nazis on the moon movie that came out like five or six years ago right yeah right but then i feel like that kind of like it's one of those feedback loops where then people like think that that's Mm -hmm. like true (laughs) where it's like that becomes like a a solid theory to have right like that's where you just lose your mind the feedback loop (laughs) yeah and that's yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of that this week. That's the, the state feedback. of the world right now. Like that's yeah the the explosion of conspiracies sort of taking over the mainstream with Q shit. You know. Right. Oh yeah. I guess. So I guess uh, we will be talking a little bit about Q next time again, 
which is interesting. It's almost like a post-mortem at this point. Oh, you um, don't think the Great Awakening's coming, dude? <laughs> then again, we might have like a Q renaissance in, in the Biden administration. Quenaissance? A, a, a crena, a quena, yeah. A Q, yeah. Um, but maybe not. So so let's do this. We're, we're at an hour and a half. I think um, this should satisfy our first Patreon episode. So this was yeah. pretty... I think Pretty we good. really we really got down to this whole thing and we we really did do a ton of research independently on this like Yeah. I mean there's so much uh, stuff. I think we each didn't even mention probably yeah. half of what we had so Yeah, really sure. like the, the yeah. stuff that we exposed ourselves to over the past 2 weeks is kind of like <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um, um but I'm curious to know like let me ask you guys what is your approximation of of the real story here Hmm. let's let's just not let's say the whole nazi ufo conspiracy yeah um thinking about high jump hollow earth and maybe the speculative secret space program stuff so what what are you guys what's your your feeling now after exposing yourself to (laughs) both sides of it uh my my take is that is the earth hollow? No, but I think that there are enormous caverns and that there may be a civilization inside of them. I don't know. Who am I, you know, maybe. I'm, that's going to be a, I'm not sure. But I love the mythology um, very much, especially Shaver. Uh, as for like the Nazis, like I think that the bell was probably a real program. And I think they were, they were definitely working on like alternatives to you know, conventional propulsion. And I think we seized a lot of that and have been working on it here. So do like, are there Nazi UFOs flying around today? No, I don't think so. At this point I would call them American UFOs. (laughs) Um, I like, do I think there are any man-made UFOs and does that account for anything? I, yes. I think that accounts for like some of it, right? Like I'm sure some of them are, uh, like even the Phoenix Lights thing or like I'm sure there are a large number of UFO sightings that are strange military hardware being tested out not all of them though but some uh, were the Nazis interested in the occult some of them were was it like going to sway the, the war in one way or the other probably not like if they had developed some kind of crazy UFO technology maybe, but the fact that they were interested in like the fact that they think they came from the North pole or like the fact that like, you know, that there was some sort of like destiny shit or like there was like some Gnostic or Templar aspects. I don't think that would have done much. I think some of them were interested, but final answer is an entertaining aspect of the UFO subculture. And I think it accounts for some of it. That's it. Uh, Mike, what do you think? I I agree largely with you then. Um, I think uh, for me, I feel like I've, um, through my research, I've demystified a lot of the mythology. Um, I've been able to... uh, write out a lot of aspects to this however 
um, I am left with a much more dire feeling about the state of our military industrial complex, um, which I've always been wary of. And now I'm just more wary of it based on uh, the things that I've learned that are seem to be actually factual <laughs> yeah. uh, on like the <laughs> just the in, you know, the um, uh, yeah, just the spreading out of all these like, you know, weirdo Nazi scientists doing crazy stuff when it comes to the more fantastical UFO and hollow earth stuff. I still, I, I tend to maintain a, a belief that there's the possibility of inner earth civilizations left over. I'm not going to be closed minded to that. Um, I don't know if they're, I don't think that they're Nazi civilizations. I think they might just be ancient. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and, good. and then like, furthermore with UFOs, it's the same type of dichotomy, like, I think a lot of what what America experienced with like, or the whole world experienced post-World War II with uh, flying saucers is largely based on the uh, political uh, transference of things and continued research. But I think that extraterrestrials have probably always been interacting with us to some degree or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking of Ivan T. Sanderson's book right now of uh, his his argument for underwater UFOs, how like the majority of UFO encounters that are documented and like legitimate, like coming from like the Navy and stuff, have been coming in and out of the water and how vast the underneath of the water and the inside of the earth is. Like, I think it's very possible that there are these civilizations coming from actually our earth and maybe more so than outer space so yeah. these are my thoughts like obviously i don't know anything but well, you uh, might have something. i like to speculate right <laughs> i guess yeah i i do want to say i think we can all say this we don't like nazis all right yeah uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to make a, a huge apology to uh, Farrell and Lavenda for uh, talking shit. They probably know a lot more than me, and they're much more well respected in general. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Who am I to say? You know. So, <laughs> um, for me, I think I'd like to start with the whole Orsic myth, which is really interesting to me. Like this thing being presented through i think my first exposure to it was probably through like history channel ufo things that probably predated ancient aliens even like there were nazi ufo programs and and the orsic vril myth gets presented as this real thing and it's like there's no fucking actual history to it which is like no documented history to it which is crazy to me um I think that was a big revelation where you at least accept that there was like this secret society and there was this person, whether it was just snake oil or not, like you, you accept that it's real and then you start to uncover that maybe this whole thing is just like made up. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's insane. <laughs> and then, I mean, the hollow earth stuff, um, to me, it, it remains as this, primordial myth i think that has these deep-rooted um 
symbolic connections. Um, obviously, it's embedded in you know the Eleusinian myths, um, the the Eleusinian rites, rather like the Tibetan Shambhala. Um, it's just with it's it's in all these cultures, like the inner earth thing. Um, and to rectify that, I mean, you'd have to go there and explore it. I don't know. Um, I'm not, I'm still not really sure what that is. Um, whether it was feasible or not for Nazis to have substantially built anything in Antarctica, I doubt it. Um, yeah, I doubt it. I doubt that. Um, but I think it's interesting. I think I think the things that were going on down there, and the clandestine nature on both on the Allied side and on the Nazi side is still interesting, and and yeah. things that are still going on down there are shrouded in mystery. And I think it's interesting, just all of the the scientific testing and stuff that that has gone on down there since World War II is something I think people should know, like look into. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of wild. Um, just all, all the nuclear testing and atmospheric ionospheric testing and stuff is pretty wild. And, and we didn't even mention harp and that's probably for the better for now, uh, yes. but, um, <laughs> the whole propulsion thing to me, um, that's where the real story is. I think that, um, I think that the third Reich was a sort of hotbed for, scientific development especially in this field and i think a lot of the things that were developed in the united states um that we have flying around are a direct result of things that were developed there and i mean there's direct documentation of that through um oberth and and uh Werner von braun um and then there's sort of the stuff that you have to really dig out a little bit more um the connections to like the stealth bomber and the flying wings and stuff that shit is there (laughs) i mean that's like a real story um and i think that really became the most interesting part to me there is a clear lineage Mm. to our developments in um propulsion technology and i still think that you know there have to have been more significant developments in forms of propulsion that were made um yeah 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 i agree and i think also like perhaps y'all should dedicate an episode to uh ionospheric heaters you know hence hard that'd be crazy like that's uh that's something that i'm very interested in but like yeah you know i think it ties into this like when we're talking about old technology like that's not very recognized in the public domain like that stuff's been going on for a long long time it's yeah. like thinking about how we've been like raising and lowering the ionosphere for various reasons for you know <laughs> almost a hundred years maybe like that's crazy to mm. think about like it really like can expand your mind to thinking about the military industrial complex yeah totally yeah i mean i think in the end if you start out with like the hollow earth and you end up with pretty much just like describing operation paperclip (laughs) i don't know i think it says something about about the nature of of this whole undertaking yeah 
Well, I think this this was good for us though, and I I hope our new patrons um, enjoyed this one because this yeah. for us to um, open up the komodo a little. I think this sort of began <laughs> as like a hollow earth enthusi- enthused um, venture, and then really became heavy, heavily emphasized on real conspiracies that happened after world war two and so yeah Yeah. i mean it kind of had to go there yeah because that's what everything keeps pointing to is yeah weird post-war maneuvers i guess and you can look forward to more of these rants um in our patreon episodes to come yeah thanks for joining again and uh there will be more stuff soon and we May were... I read a, a quote from Ernest Shackleton? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Explorers. I believe it is in our nature to explore, to reach out into the unknown. Ernest Shackleton. Fuck yeah. I think that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, all right, everybody. We, uh, hope, we really hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving alone. Yeah. In the Don't enjoy it too much, though. Beginnings of the new world order. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, so we really do thank you again, and we look forward to connecting with you all on a more personal level very soon. All right. Thanks. Thank That's it for us. <laughs> we'll see you all next right. time. Okay, bye. <laughs>